The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to In Discussion. My guest today, Mayor Jim Lane of the Scottsdale City Council from the state of Arizona. Mayor Lane discusses the socioeconomic climate at both state and federal level within the context of an ever-changing climate, requiring profound measures in the assurance of a future offering hope for societal stability. Welcome to In Discussion. Mayor Jim Lane began his first term on the Scottsdale City Council in June of 2004 and was elected mayor in November 2008 after a well-constructed political campaign. He came to Scottsdale from New Jersey in 1973 to take a position with KPMG, an international CPA firm. Subsequently working as an active CPA for 20 years with five of those years in public accounting as a financial statement auditor. Among his many objectives and remits in serving the electorate of Scottsdale, devotion to community service includes six years on the Scottsdale Paradise Valley YMCA Board of Management. He also chaired the 1999 Kids campaign annual funding raising effort with enormous success. Mayor Jim Lane, welcome today. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, to, can I start the program with, with just charting the, uh, the, the early years for you prior to your arrival here in Scottsdale? I'm just uh, elaborating on, on how your journey brought you here. Certainly. Uh, as you had indicated, I had come from New Jersey. I actually was born and raised in New Jersey. My father was an independent businessman, so I I had some of that in my in my background, but I have uh, five uh, wonderful sisters and uh, no brothers, so that's also something that has some impact on where I come from. But I uh, ended up going to school at St. Joe's University after leaving Seton Hall University Prep School in uh, in New Jersey. I went to St. Uh, St. Joe's in Philadelphia and uh, got my accounting and finance degree there. And with all good intent to uh, join the, either the FBI or the CIA because those were requisite uh, at that time, they were requisite uh, course material for those professions. But I ended up uh, getting sidelined on that when a friend of mine asked me to take the uh, interviews with the CPA firms, which was Pete Mark Mitchell at the time. And um, I said, yeah, fine, that'd be just fine. So I started taking those interviews and, uh, of course, in a very relaxed environment, I start, they started asking me where I'd like to live, so I started picking places I hadn't been before, and they started sending me around the country. So I had a great time at that. I just remember the day I went back to the house I lived in with 23 other guys, and I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to be a CPA. And they said, oh, what are you, crazy? <laughs> that's, not, that's no life for you, you know, pencil pusher, that kind of thing. So, But anyway, I, did, I went against their best, uh, their best thoughts on it, and I took the job with Pete Mark and, and spent five years with them. And then, uh, of course, moved on into uh, corporate finance uh, with some companies, uh, a trading company and uh, actually a, a mining company at a point in time. And then went into administrative positions as president and COO of a regional airline here in, in Phoenix. And uh, 
and a couple of other uh, ventures uh, on the side at the time. And then I went into my own companies. I had a construction company, and then I went into a couple of technology companies that I held for a number of years just before I uh, took on the uh, uh, council race. Uh, I sold those two off to uh, those two companies off to a, a publicly traded company, and uh, my wife and I said, you know, we're at a little bit of a crossroads here. The kids have all left the house uh, uh, under good terms. And uh, she tells me not to say this, but the dog died, and we, uh, I figured, well, we we'll just, uh, you know, maybe this, maybe I've got a little bit of time here to give back to the city. We both love Scottsdale, and been there for 30 years at that point in time. So I said, we'll take four years. And, and if you're not familiar, it's, it, and there's no lament here, but it's it's a bit of a sacrifice because it's not something where you make a lot of hay. I mean, so it's, um, so I took four years, figured it would just be four years, and then I'd go back to do whatever. Uh, start another company or go uh, seek a position. But in any case, after four years, with a little bit of uh, increased knowledge of some of the things that I, I thought I was bringing to the table and realizing that I didn't want to suffer through another four years on council on a regime that I didn't necessarily agree with, a regime it may sound a little strong, but the uh, um, administration that preceded me, the mayor. And uh, so I, I took a, a very, very long shot and uh, decided to run for mayor. Was there any particular uh, um, objective in that or any particular uh, agenda at the time when you decided to, to convert from a councillor to the mayor? W was there a passion there somewhere that you wanted to, uh, to look at? Well, there was probably several things that I would sum up uh, with about four items. One is that I was very much intent in bringing somewhat of a business approach to City Hall. Uh, given our fiduciary responsibility to spend the taxpayers' money as uh, as best we possibly can, I felt that was an important element for, for me. Uh, so that was one. And I, and I tried during the, uh, the course of my council years, but that was difficult to implement with a, sort of a majority as well as a mayor and not really on, on that line. The other one was to bring a more open and accountable approach, both for the, for the council as well as uh, the government the bureaucracy. So that was another big element as far as uh, just bringing back some trust into government. Uh, I was very concerned about that issue within government. The, the transparency of process was another important element for me too. Whether or not the constituents were paying attention or not, it was important that the information be there for them. Uh, whether they requested it or whether it was a meeting or, or otherwise decision making, to the furthest extent we possibly could would be in the open. And that was something that Scottsdale had a little bit of a, a problem with. Even before I got on council, it had been dubbed sort of a um, culture of secrecy and had actually been sanctioned by the uh, AG's office uh, for some things that it had done. So it was in open meeting laws and those kinds of things. You mentioned that it was somewhat of a long shot uh, in, in, in uh, winning that. Uh, position. Uh, why was it a long shot? What what was it pa possibly that that was getting in your way? Well, there's a there's a couple of things. One is a, uh, I would for a guy who has been sort of a uh, well businessman all my life, but part of sort of the institution. Um, I was sort of running against uh, uh, part of the uh, the constituents who were sort of ingrained in a different level of government, but. We also had a mayor who, I'd have to say, was um, reasonably uh, popular. 
Uh, there really hadn't been any until I brought some things to the surface in the course of the campaign. There really were no particular marks against her, but the accountability issue is one of them. I mean, when I say that, I mean, uh, there weren't any marks against her because a lot of things were quietly controlled and not disclosed, you know, in the course of things. So as some things came out that I was aware of and just said, hey, you know, these are the kinds of things we really cannot afford to have go on. It's just irresponsible. But, uh, you know, I'm going away from the question, but the question really is that uh, she was popular. She was a two-term uh, mayor. There's a three-term limit. So there's even almost a little sense that maybe she was entitled to the third term. You know, you get into term limitations, suddenly uh, the term limitation may be three terms. Well, then there's almost a, a little bit of a sense, barring something significant, that you're almost you're a shoe-in to continue on. And we're, we're referring to uh, Mayor Manros here. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And, and, of course, um, you know, it's high times. I mean, the city of Scottsdale was, as most other communities were, but certainly the city of Scottsdale was doing very, very well. There wasn't anything, you know, particularly on the horizon that said, hey, you know what, we need a change here. Well, since you've come in in, in 2008, you, you've no doubt seen enormous changes uh, in the economic uh, picture uh, as well as the, the, the social picture. Um, what is it uh, that, that is uh, um, coming up now that are of concern to you? What, what are you seeing as, as being your, your major remits at this stage, given that we, we have a fairly um, disastrous economy on our hands? Well, if I, if I might just back up just a little bit, because the, that economic dynamic you're referring to had a significant amount of additional uh, cultural change requirement, uh, even to implement the, the kinds of reforms I was looking to do. So not only was I looking to move and change some of the internal structure to accommodate uh, the very things I had talked about on the campaign and, and I've just reiterated here, um, had to move those things in advance, but we had a bureaucracy that was of a mind that uh, things hadn't really changed, or there was some level of protection that might be afforded them that wasn't being afforded the rest of the, the community. So it was uh, a difficult uh, implementation of uh, just the normal reforms, but also the things that were necessary to move us into a corrective position. Can you define that cultural shift that, that you're, you're talking about here? Sure, I'd say that uh, the cultural shift really went from a standpoint, and this is interesting. I just I just spoke to a group just uh, just a couple hours ago with regard to uh, government control versus control of government, and what you had as a bureaucracy. My predecessor really had moved out of those areas of uh, responsibility and authority, and uh, the bureaucracy and management had sort of assumed uh, some of those roles. Uh, but it left us with less accountability than we should have for as a council, but also it uh, absorbed some authority into the bureaucracy that really wasn't it wasn't meant to be, and they were setting agendas and they were they were moving things forward differently. So that cultural shift went from, as I tried to reassert under our charter, which is our city constitution, if you will, that those areas that were our responsibility to promote accountability and transparency, but also efficiency, but to move back into those areas. There was huge pushback. I mean, it was like a, a turf war kind of thing as to who was going to assume it. So that's, uh, that, was, that was a bit of a struggle right there. But from the economy changing, throw into that mix the idea that 
the money isn't as readily available. You know, there may be some uh, re reductions in force or, you know, retirement incentive or otherwise. Uh, there is going to have to be some changes that way in an environment the city of Scottsdale, even aside from others, had never, ever experienced. So there's, there was a mix of sort of disruption and at the same time trying to maintain morale. So in other words, you're, you're going through a, a, an attitude uh, adjustment at, at city level. And then uh, you're moving into this uh, uh, realm of uh, economic instability. How, how did those two play together? W was there a disruption there of, of uh, the objectives of, of both of those? Uh, well, uh, to your question is uh, how did they play together? Not well. Uh, they, uh, they frankly uh, just sort of compounded uh, the difficulties and the reactiveness of, of, of staff. And, and frankly, there were uh, council members who were sensitive to that, which uh, also sort of caused some difficulties there. We had um, some tough decisions to make, and we also had some tough financial decisions to make. Um, and they weren't, uh, they just are not uh, easily accepted uh, for a, a contingent of folks who may have felt that, you know, there was never going to be a bump in this ride. And, and that's what we had. For the benefit of our listeners, can you just very briefly define Scottsdale as a city, uh, as an environment? Uh, just just give us a description um, for for those who really don't know this area. Well, Scottsdale is a premier uh, resort location, and of course, it it's, it supports by virtue of its resort and its attraction on that basis. Uh, number one, it supports an industry, but it also su supports a resort style of living. Uh, all the amenities that are there to support our tourism are there also for our residents. But we have, uh, you know, that resp responsibility to maintain that environment and that atmosphere. And that's, um, you know, it's, it doesn't either come cheap nor does it uh, necessarily come easily. The, the industry that you refer to, uh, what, what would you say that industry was? Well, it, it, the, our primary industry that supports us as a city is tourism, and it's resort tourism. And, of course, all the amenities, whether it's golf or whether it's hiking, horseback riding, or, or the restaurants and shopping and, and those things, they all have a tendency to support not only tourism and, of course, generate sales tax dollars, which is the lion's share of our tax base, but also support an environment that's uh, – a joy to live in and uh, creates the infrastructure. Well, we're required to re uh, create and maintain the infrastructure to support and maintain that atmosphere. But so it's a it's a continuing effort, but it's also uh, it's a continuing effort to maintain a community that's attractive both for tourism and for business and for uh, people to live there. And it's on the higher end, and it certainly is. Uh, it's but it has a wide diversity of styles of living too and demographics. Uh, it happens to be 35 miles from north to south and maybe an average of about five miles wide. So it's long and narrow. So from a, a services standpoint, city services standpoint, it's a little bit of a challenge there. How, how does it sit in with the, the rest of the metropolitan Phoenix area? It seems to me that, that uh, the cities uh, in this massive land area are somewhat secular. Uh, they, they have uh, certainly different backgrounds and, and, and different mandates and uh, diversity uh, 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 of people. How do you think that Scottsdale is seen within that mix? 
Well, I think that uh, seen within that mix is uh, certainly one of the premier communities within that mix, if not the premier community within the valley and the state. Uh, it has international recognition where most of the other cities in our uh, Phoenix may be being second to us in some, in some quadrants. Uh, so it's, uh, it's well known internationally and nationally. And uh, as far as size is concerned, I'm not sure if you were going to that, but we are 185 square miles. We're a fairly large but long and relatively narrow uh, city. But one thing that uh, is a challenge, David, is that uh, we look toward the idea of um, what we have to do to maintain our separation uh, for maintaining that reputation uh, from the other communities. We have a very... Um, specific mission. We call it our general plan. It's actually mandated by the state and we're renewing it once right now. But we have a, a mission, uh, a, a general plan that defines our land use, but it also defines what the community, they vote on it, what the community wants to see for Scottsdale in the way of land use primarily, but other other issues as well. And so that's that's our guiding principle as far as where we're going. And of course, we're trying to maintain that and as we now update that for a 10-year cycle, uh, the public's looking at it again. What, what, what about the caring for the other cities in the valley? Uh, what is the, uh, the, the communication level there, uh, the, uh, the, the cooperation? How do you uh, seek to help uh, cities in the, in the southern part of the valley uh, who may be uh, terribly affected by uh, uh, lack of manufacturing activity. What, what does Scottsdale uh, in itself do to, to try and help those issues? Well, interestingly enough, I'm not sure that there's any kind of care program as far as those kinds of things are concerned, but we do work together on regional issues to promote us all. Uh, there is a bit of competition always between the cities, but nevertheless, uh, I'll take one, and I happen to be on the Maricopa uh, County Asso Association of Governments called MAG, and that, um, and on the Transportation Policy Committee for them. But that's a, uh, a regional effort to assist. We have a oh, a regional tra sales uh, uh, transportation sales tax uh, that gets distributed uh, under Prop 400. But those are uh, regional efforts to help all around the valley within that regional area to make sure that our transportation systems are either common, connected, and of a, a similar quality. Because you find development certainly does follow a lot of, uh, of regional transportation issues, whether they be highways or whether they be light rail or, or otherwise. So that's an effort to sort of, because we contribute high, tremendously to that. In fact, we're a donor city. That, that's one. It, it, it appears, though, that there's an a, a awful lot of investment into the highway system. There is clear, clearly somewhat uh, a, a controversy over the, the, the tram um, planning. Um, what uh, concentration, concentrational efforts are placed into education? I'm, I'm interested in that in Scottsdale. Well, we have, uh, I think, four school districts, if you're familiar with how that's set up. Our primary school district is the Scottsdale Unified School District. And we do have an associated county uh, community college, a Scottsdale Community College. Uh, but those are uh, separate uh, governmental agencies, actually. Those districts are separate from the city. So we, even though we work cooperatively, and a lot of times we have what we call intergovernmental uh, agreements, IGAs, to... Uh, 
help uh, them with their grounds and a sharing of uh, playing fields and those kinds of things for the communities on the overall. There's really not a lot of direct impact between uh, our school system and our city. We have a cultural council who follow and, and promote our arts and cultural venues, and they work with the school districts as well uh, by somewhat of a contractual design through the city. They're a separate foundation, and, and the city funds them substantially, but they also have other funding mechanisms, but part of their program is to work with the school districts. Uh, our partnership with ASU Foundation at Skysong, uh, we're promoting and working with through them uh, to help some of the neighboring schools in that in the science and math areas and, and programs like that, and also with industry, with uh, separate uh, groups that get together with industry in Scottsdale. Now, this goes to you know our school system as far as our school districts that are in within our area. So there's, there's a fair amount of interplay, even though they're separately funded, separ separately managed from the city. Uh, there's certainly a very cooperative uh, effort between us. And then, of course, as far as the statewide is concerned, obviously there's statewide funding for the, all the schools as well. So, If I may, uh, can I talk about the general economic situation, uh, which is clearly um, uh, uh, at, at, at an extraordinary level here um, uh, and disturbing? Um, and given that uh, the manufacturing base of this country really has been dented, um, uh, quite badly, especially the the, the three great uh, um, automotives up in the, uh, the northeast. Um, it, it appears to me that manufacturing is um, being depleted at a great rate in this country, very much like it, it was in England back in the uh, the 1970s. Uh, are there concerns uh, in the city that if you lose a manufacturing base to such an extent that, that you will really not have uh, the, the dollars that a, a, a city like Scottsdale looks for uh, in its in its uh, pursuit of excellence in in the whole resort area. Well, I'll, I'll try to answer that as best I can. We're we're not a particularly manufacturing based uh, type of community. I mean, that's not. A bit, I'm talking about for our community specific. But you but you are looking for uh, you're looking for consumers. Uh, that are reliant upon manufacturing in this country for their for their living for their revenue and I guess what I'm saying is if manufacturing is being depleted so much is that affecting your economy in Scottsdale and therefore your your tax revenue uh, you know that's hard to say there really, really truly is I understand the dilemma and, and frankly the fact uh, factual nature of what you're saying and that we are uh, at the very least being dented as far as a loss of manufacturing capabilities in the United States. Um, here in the Valley, I think that we've had a, a fairly good response, and when I say the Valley, I'll, I'll extend that to the state, of uh, being still attractive to us manufacturers with uh, labor force and with reduced uh, loss uh, levels of cost and some of the things we've actually tried to formulate with change in tax law on a statewide basis. But how it's affecting Scottsdale is really hard to read because we uh, do have a, we have a business uh, group, but it's not manufacturing, generally not manufacturing based, it's more service oriented, I suppose, and that uh, goes to that. But the other is that um, we probably attract for what business we do, a lot of it being tourism based, from across the world as well as across the country uh, to come for their meetings, uh, provided that doesn't, that doesn't get you know put into a, 
a bad light, you know, by the current administration, which is something we've struggled with over the last couple of months, well, last several months now, too. You know, how uh, business travel is, um, is used or not used. So really, I would be accurate in saying that Scottsdale is uh, uh, based upon a service industry, uh, based upon hospitality. Um, is there some sort of backup plan to that for Scottsdale if uh, the economy really does uh, fall uh, too further to be able to rebirth Scottsdale as uh, in some sort of other sector that, that, that could look at manufacturing or, or another sector that, that would help your tax revenues? Well, actually, the thing that uh, I probably have promoted myself uh, the most of late is, um, and this has something to do with Skysong and our South Scottsdale situation with regard to Skysong being um, technology, uh, a technology type of company incubator uh, of technology and uh, intellectual property transfers into businesses hoping to maintain some kind of technology-based industry which in design and development and maybe headquarters uh, not necessarily, you know, the uh, actual manufacturing of the, of the material, but but that may come too, depending upon whether that makes makes uh, sense from a land use standpoint. Uh, but then uh, also the life sciences. Um, we we have the Mayo, we have Scottsdale Healthcare System, both pr- prominent, uh, and certainly with the Mayo as well, but uh, prominent medical facilities and have uh, international standing in the case of uh, Mayo, and what we can do to. Uh, um, group you know, the, those types of industries together where they're working together. Uh, we've attracted some companies recently, uh, a radiologist group. It's international, but they're headquartered now in Scottsdale. And uh, they, uh, they, they work across the world in imaging and, uh, you know, reading imaging, uh, of course, through the Internet or through whatever electronic devices you know, that they've got set up. But that's um, life sciences. You know, I think everybody's looking for renewable resource companies, which we were in that make too. And of course, when it comes to solar, we've been have we've had a level of success with that too, with some prominent ones headquartered there again. But they're now looking at where they might be able to bring their fabricators, you know, for their material uh, into the state of Arizona. Whether it be something for Scottsdale, and I'm talking on the fabrication side of it, that may not be. But there are a lot of other communities around that are much more open, have the available space and those kinds of facilities that would be a a good spot for them. How do you uh, encourage industry to enter uh, into Scottsdale, whether it's uh, from regional or uh, an international level? If uh, you have an economy right now that is uh, depleting tax dollars and you you don't have that revenue, is that affecting your ability to, uh, to reach out? Uh, to other communities, uh, other industries, to, to pull them here? See, it's never been a part of my uh, economic program, really, to be mm. uh, incentivizing in the way of tax dollars. I, I've, I've found that to be patently unfair for the businesses that are there, and, and frankly, it's it's a, sometimes of questionable value. I, I hate to, uh, well, say it any other way, but to say that, if, you know, Scottsdale has a lot to offer, and uh, frankly, just even a personal invitation with the idea that we will work hard to be not business friendly is an overused term but really to be encouraging rather than discouraging in any way shape or form things that we can have there certainly is great value in a lot of communities 
or I'd say right now, for the location. There's tremendous value in Scottsdale for somebody to move, and particularly because of the environment it provides for their employees and the amenities that it, it has for them as well. And the school system, to your point. Um, so it's, uh, it's something that I feel is it's important to be able to make that overture create that that inviting you know, the, that invitation create that invitation and then also do whatever we can do in the city to make it as to facilitate quickness and efficiency in whatever interaction they have with the city and that's actually been felt understood and appreciated and it's worked out very very well uh, and sometimes it doesn't take too much particularly in some communities where things are particularly bad uh, regulatory wise tax wise or and those kinds of things also impact them, and we're, you know, we're head and shoulders over some other, well, California communities, and certainly even across the United States. Returning to that issue of uh, uh, culture, um, are there still internal challenges that you have as mayor uh, <coughs> that, that 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 are still um, uh, there today that that you have to look at? No, it's something that occurs over time. Uh, The extent of disruption uh, over the last 11 months in facilitating not only the reforms but also accommodating this change in the uh, our budget and 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 what we see as our tax our economic base uh, that's been uh, such that I don't want to call it a distraction, but certainly it's it's put aside some things. Now we do need to work to get everybody more comfortable. And, but at the same time, more comfortable, more understanding of what's important for them. Uh, I'm talking about the, the staff within City Hall, that it's important for them to be uh, friendly, accommodating, a can-do, um, you know, encouraging. Uh, all those things that put, the, put us in a much higher level of service orientation than we've had in the past. And the, yes, is there some room to, to continue to affect that? Yeah. Have we come a long way? We sure have. But there's still, you, you've, I don't want to say weed out, but you sort of have to convert some folks along the way. And it, it's a continuing process. Can you talk to me about the uh, transportation uh, in Scottsdale? That there is controversy over the transportation. Uh, there's clearly a lot of tax dollars that uh, are poured into the highway systems, as, and, and of course you've got this tram consideration. Uh, but I would like to return to education. Uh, is uh, uh, are there any um, uh, concerns about the uh, uh, amount of funding put into the highway system and 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 communication uh, versus education? It seems to me that uh, with the schools I know at least that um, there are lack of teachers, that there do seem to be cutbacks. Um, there are uh, certain schools in Scottsdale that, that don't teach Spanish. Um, do you uh, uh, see that as being uh, an issue or, or not in Scottsdale? I'm not sure if I would track on the same line of concerns, <laughs> but it's I, the availability of education is, uh, and an educated workforce and the quality of education is a huge uh, matter for me. And I, I am a proponent of uh, alternatives, of choices in education. And that's where I, I see some real salvation. We uh, actually are the home of a number of very, very good private schools and also charter schools, which are public schools, as you probably well know, but that are a little bit off of a uh, the typical public school arrangement and can concentrate on certain things, whether it be the sciences or art uh, or math or music. Uh, it, there, are, there are programs that are 
been very, very successful. But those, those, uh, those along with the interest in Scottsdale of, of folks who put uh, new colleges, new universities into Scottsdale, it seems like it's, on, it's a constant consideration. Uh, if they find the market, if they, you know, and now we're, we're more workforce-based kind of education, of course, but Scottsdale Community College has made some great adjustments in that regard. I think ASU has as well, and they're neighboring, of course. Uh, but ASU has put their master's degree program, and so has U of A up in the Air Park uh, in Scottsdale. So they have their executive programs up there, so providing greater uh, availability and ease for that. On the K through 12 uh, basis, I think the uh, the advent of a couple of things. One is the private alternatives, the, the charter alternatives, as well as the public education coming up to meet that challenge is where I, I look for results uh, and on the basis of what they're doing. Cutbacks in the state situation right now might become far more desperate, might become a far bigger problem than we're looking at right now because I don't know what kind of alternatives they're ultimately going to have. And 50% of the state budget is into, well, higher education as well as K through 12, you know, is in that area. I don't know what that answer is going to be, but if the desperation rate uh, runs higher, that is a concern for me. On a personal level, how do you see the future for kids coming out of school now or coming out of school in two or three years? What, what, what do you think their future is? Do you, are, are you optimistic? Actually, I, my optimism or my lack of optimism, I should say, really doesn't go specifically to Scottsdale. It goes to our country as a whole. Uh, and that um, I, I'm concerned. I'm, I've got uh, three grown children and I've got three uh, grandchildren uh, that I'm concerned about whether they'll be afforded the opportunity and the availability of work and, uh, and careers and um, a stable money supply and, and whether or not they'll be able to do better than I have um, in the future, I, as I feel I did than my parents. I, I think I direct that question because uh, I look back at the 60s uh, in England uh, and, and we had the old apprenticeship system. You, know, you, you had the, the crafts, you had uh, you know, the, the, the carpenter and the plumber and the electrician and, and cottage industries. Uh, and in our country, uh, you know, in the late 90s, you, Tony Blair came along and he said everybody must have a university education. Uh, and therefore, I'm interested that you, you do talk about ASU and Sky Song and Scottsdale uh, Community College. Uh, but is this not a bigger concern uh, globally that uh, we have a lot of children coming out who, uh, wonderful, we, we in some ways uh, lower the grades, lower the uh, quality of education to push everybody through uh, university status. And yet aren't we missing something here that, that indeed uh, a lot of these children are going to come out of uh, school now um, and th their, their opportunities are going to be very limited, given that our manufacturing base is, is very depleted. Well, yes, I, I mean, I agree with that last statement. I think that the, that's at least the way it appears right now, unless we make some dramatic changes. And it's not going to be, it maybe be the quality of university education, but it'll also be an acknowledgement of the fact that we, we have jobs uh, that, and this isn't to categorize anybody, but that frankly are well-suited for folks that may not be looking for a high quality, you know, a advanced degree a college education, uh, you know, there, may, there are there are room and there are needs. And to this point in time, uh, immigrants 
have been filling those needs. And in fact, in such numbers in such a state that we're, we're uh, uh, our kids are basically moving away from some of those those trades and those those apprenticeship positions uh, as being not desirable. You know, when I visited Europe in '73, I just remember on the continent now. I just remember Europeans telling me Luxembourg is the one that comes to mind right now. Is that they no longer uh, did those kind of, that kind of work? They imported labor to to do um, what would be the trades or the manual labor kind of things. And I thought at the time that's that's really pretty interesting. Uh, but now we find ourselves in, in a very similar situation. And that leads to the question, doesn't it? What can a city like Scottsdale do uh, to, to go through somewhat of a paradigm shift to change that? Uh, is there anything that Scottsdale can, uh, can, can invent that uh, uh, changes the future for the kids, all, all these kids pouring out of these schools? Um, you, you know, Scottsdale is, uh, seems to be very service-orientated, service uh, seems to have an awful lot of golf courses, and, that, and that's not to be insulting. I, I, I'm just looking at the general picture. Is it not uh, an opportunity for somebody like Scottsdale to actually dive in here and, and uh, recreate these, these base skills for these kids? You know, it's not ever been really energized, or had, I can't tell you that I've initiated that thought. It's an interesting one. But the one thing that I would say to counter, and this, uh, you you probably have heard the, the terminology of Snobsdale and and, uh, and uh, other terms that have put Scottsdale in a position of being sort of aloof or otherwise, um, uh, well, just aloof and uh, and out of touch with some of those base elements of where everybody's going to be working or how they're going to be working. I almost see Scottsdale uh, at, at the front end of uh, the intensity of uh, desire for the, all our kids to go to advanced degrees and, and certainly to have nothing less than, you know, some top position that they'll, they'll end up taking, whether it's in the sciences or whether it's in management or otherwise. Uh, so I, it's not something I think that Scottsdale residents have been in that you know, in demand of or even uh, thought toward. And I, and I have to admit, I haven't. But, but does that not uh, insulate you even more for, from uh, other cities uh, in the valley and further? Uh, that, that Snobsville, um, whenever... Uh, you didn't have to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> whenever friend, and I've never come across <laughs> that uh, before. Friends of mine come here uh, from all over the country and they, they say, well, you live in the Beverly Hills of Phoenix. Um, isn't there something that you would prefer to dispel uh, in, in that, uh, to, to, to give you a more uh, culturally acceptable, uh, socially conscious uh, uh, position uh, within the whole area? Well, interestingly enough, if you were to look at it, I mentioned the city of Scottsdale being in a donor state uh, when it comes to some regional affairs, and we, we generally are. But I think that Scottsdale is probably at least as socially conscious as any city around, and it's by virtue of uh, maybe a higher degree of wealth and uh, social sensitivity. That doesn't necessarily mean they want to be there. They just it means that you know they don't want to change positions, but they certainly uh, have been very, I think, very charitable and a very giving community, and very sensitive uh, to issues that are outside of maybe uh, not entirely, but sometimes outside of our borders. And, and, you know, I don't want to paint the wrong picture. Scottsdale certainly has a, a diverse uh, level of styles of living, demographics, and the whole, uh, you know, um, well, it's it's significantly different from north to south. Uh, but everybody's living, uh, 
you know, I'd say a reasonably good life. I mean, in spite of what we might consider some economic crisis right now. Um, but to your point, to dispel it, you know, I personally have tried to dispel it because Scottsdale, the base Scottsdaleans, and of course we've grown like very, very fast like other communities have, are really a down-home, solid group of people. You know, we've uh, changed an awful lot in our demographics by virtue of our success. But the Scottsdaleans, they were still around. It was an agricultural community. They had watermelon fields and, you know, orange groves and, uh, you know, about a few decades ago. Well, th- there's no doubt that you can see the the impact of the economy on Scottsdale. Um, uh, one of my two offices is located in the Scottsdale Air Park, and you can walk around the Scottsdale Air Park and see an awful lot of police signs up. Um, so c- clearly, the the commercial sector has been hit very very badly. Uh, I- is that uh, a big concern uh, in Scottsdale? Uh, that the, con- the you know I-, I guess if you look at the bigger picture, usually it's the residential sector that's hit first, and then it's the commercial sector, and it's usually the industry that's hit uh, at the end. And 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 uh, conversely, that's the way it comes back. Um, uh, but Scottsdale seems to be again very. Uh, um, involved in that uh, construction area, and and it, surely it would be uh, right to say that if you look at Scottsdale right now, it is terribly impacted in that sector, in 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 the building sector. Um, wh- what do you intend to do about that? Um, it, it seems that th- that is where it's necessary to bring in other industry, bring in different types of industry. But should that not be? Uh, the, the, the base industries rather than technology or uh, what is your position on that? You know, I, I think that we just have, we do have somewhat of an innate uh, optimism. Excuse me. I think I, uh, I certainly feel that way and I think mm-hmm. that Scottsdale has that underlying, I think, attraction. Uh, so as adjustments are made in any downturn, this is uh, certainly not the worst downturn that the country's ever seen. It happens to be the worst one that Scottsdale has seen on sort of a overall basis. But even at that, our numbers probably stack up fairly good in comparison to the rest of the state and communities around us. But that's not to say that there isn't a problem. But as adjustments are made, as whether it's rents come down or whether property values come down, and it provides an opportunity for somebody to move in eventually as the economy recovers, provided it recovers. And that's what uh, you know is up to Washington to, to determine. And what I mean is, I'm talking about protecting the money supply and a number of things that you know I may differ on, but I am very concerned about the recovery, how quick or, fa- or quick or long term it might be. How, how do you see that? Uh, do you see that that recovery could possibly be in in the form of spikes, uh, not not comparing it to the recovery uh, that we saw in the 30s. But uh, could there be spikes in this recovery? Well, I think the nature of uh, the response that we've had, I, I'm a free market advocate. I'm a, you know unabashed capitalist, and I believe in that system and that it makes adjustments. I think the extent of res- regulation sometimes, the extent of interference on a currency basis, those things are can be detrimental. I'd look at this in a similar vein to the Jimmy Carter uh, age and, and that uh, that recession with the misery index, you may or may not remember that, it, it, of declining economy, a declining um, unemployment and uh, increasing interest rates, uh, it developed into a misery index. And frankly, I'm very concerned, and inflation. 
I'm very concerned of seeing that repeated because there was a similar response then, not even close to the kind of magnitude that we've done with this. And that, and uh, you know, this may sound political, but I think barring Ronald Reagan's entrance into this thing, it would have dragged out a lot longer than it did. But that's, um, a, so on a national level, I'm concerned about the, when the recovery would be, but I will know, I do know one thing, that when the recovery comes, whether it's quick or whether it's long-term or, or far away, Scottsdale is going to be at the forefront of it. And may I respond to that? Um, surely part of the problem uh, of the circumstances of, of which we find ourselves in now is this boom and bust mentality. And we, we certainly saw that back in England in the, in the late 80s uh, during the, uh, the, the years of Margaret Thatcher. Um, we, we see this uh, huge problem with the financial system, the banking system. Uh, what is it that uh, federal government and indeed city government level uh, has to do to assure that that doesn't happen again? See, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a believer that the government can uh, facilitate recovery without diminishing uh, – facilitate uh, the elimination of a recession without diminishing our ability to build wealth and to grow. So the recovery, if you try to temper the, the effect, you're going to temper the recovery. Uh, I don't want a mediocre world. I'd rather have some ups and downs. That is a sort of the economic way. But we have had, you know, the spikes of spikes. I had technology companies through the dot-com bust. And if I had sold my companies at the, at the peak of the dot-com, I probably wouldn't have to be worrying too much about things. But the fact is I didn't. And that, that's an adjustment. That was an equity bust, though. That was a bunch of people who, you know, got overwhelmed with uh, an industry, a new industry. I'm talking about obviously the dot-com and the internet and, and uh, all manner of um, uh, electronics and and uh, technology. But at the same time, that uh, that adjusted. We came back out of that with reasonable ease. But there's a little hurt in it. But you know, that's the way it goes. I I wouldn't want to flatline the economy. I'd rather that we had those opportunities. But I'd prefer to try to avoid what I see in this last credit crisis is really a huge amount of interference which took risk away from an industry and by taking the risk away I got it Katie bar the door we can go anywhere we want because in the final analysis somehow or other the federal insurance or somebody's going to bail us out and that's really what we saw happen so I'm concerned that we create that environment again we'll create that same spike again well, and is that a concern that, that you may have in the recovery next year, both uh, in a, a, a national sense as well, as well as a local sense? I mean, here we are with a massive uh, federal deficit. Um, I, I don't know what the numbers are in, in Scottsdale City Council. I'm, I'm sure it's, we don't, we don't, I'm sure it's not we, as good as you would want it to no, be. No, we, we, we cannot have a deficit. So, I mean, that's, we can't print money. So yeah. Right. Um, but uh, how are you going to overcome that? Uh, and, and without beating a dead horse, but, but having been a great studier of this area, especially from Europe, and I've seen this throughout Europe, if you don't have a manufacturing base, and it's certainly looking like it has been very depleted, and, and I think hopefully you would agree that once you've depleted a uh, manufacturing base in the country, it's ext extraordinarily difficult to rebuild it. Um, how is that recovery to you at city level going to take its course? What is going to be the picture that, that defines that? You know, i got to say I'm not quite sure how to answer that because I'm not sure I do have an answer for that. I, um, 
I don't, and I, I guess I'm a, I'm a believer that city and municipal government, certainly Scottsdale, is a little bit at the mercy of a national policy on the, in this regard. So it's not something we have a play in. Now, how would we adjust to it? Uh, frankly, since we don't have a direct tie to it, I'm, I'm thinking that we might have a better opportunity, whether to advertise ourselves internationally or or otherwise, and I mean from the standpoint of tourism and, and some of the life sciences and some of the technological environments where you'd have high-profile uh, well, scientists and technicians and professional folks who want to live in a place like Scottsdale, but they're not going to be working in an assembly line. Now, that doesn't go to the end of, you know, what are we going to do to adapt to a, a, an economy that's losing its manufacturing side? So I don't have that answer. And that's about the best I can do on that. But it's, you know, I, I think that uh, my concern, and if I just were to drop back for just a second more, as far as the economy is concerned, uh, I'm a believer that uh, interference in the free market is really what causes us the greatest amount of, of concern because we need to adjust. We look at it right now, and we've got a government that's telling us to spend money again. And in fact, they're injecting money into governments to uphold, prop up a level of government that their tax base can't support. You know, I don't see any future in that, and I think it ends up, it's a false economy you're trying to build again. Now we'll have another bubble. We we'll call it the stimulus bubble. I don't think that's going to happen, really, but you, if you're going to pretend, you know, make up an economy to say, hey, we're, you know what, in, in 2007 and 2000, well, 2006 and 2007, we were up here. That's where we're supposed to be. Well, maybe we weren't. That was a false economy mm -hmm. built on a lot of bad credit situations, easy credit. I mean, just to put it in a nutshell. Well, we can't be. We're not going to be back up there. Values are down here somewhere. So don't pump in trillions of dollars into our economy and say that's where we're supposed to be. And you all start. The banks need to start lending money like they were before. Well, that was the problem in the first place. Uh, so, uh, what is your forecast uh, for the next eighteen months? <clears throat> I, I personally think, you know, I, I try to follow the forecasts that come from people I, you know, put some uh, level of trust in, and they're all seemingly looking toward the latter part of 2010 as some kind of modest recovery. And, and you know, I would probably say that that's going to happen too, a modest recovery in 2010. My greatest concern is how long, how modest is it, and how long does it go? I don't look for a spike. I look for some hopefully and maybe some waves along the way but something trending out is it going to take four or five years that's that would be my concern and frankly if i were to say a forecast i'm afraid that's what it's going to be that's why i've i've positioned with the help of council scottsdale in in a position to be sustainable where we are you know and to be working forward and protecting the things that are important to us one of the things that we guarded against hugely and other communities did not was not delving into our maintenance and our, and our uh, infrastructure funds, that we want to maintain an environment that's attractive because of, of its importance to Scottsdale. Uh, but take that one-time money out and put it into operations to prop it up at a level we couldn't do it again next year, it was, it was a fallacy. It was, if you think the market's going to pop back up, pack, excuse me, pop back up next year, you find, no, it's not going to. You know, to make up for that one-time money, that's not going to happen. So be prepared; it's going to be otherwise. What about your personal goals? Uh, what is it that you want to achieve yourself uh, in this position? 
Uh, well, as it is right now, I certainly want to make sure that Scott still is in the best possible position to, on recovery. I want to attract as much business to Scottsdale as we possibly can to form that base you're talking about, whether it's manufacturing or otherwise. And it may not be all tourism. and That's not what we're looking to continue to attract. We've got plenty of that, but we want to be able to support that, uh, whether it's meetings for businesses that are in town or otherwise. But uh, is really to get our economic engine back in place. We're not going to have the recovery on automobile dealerships that we once had. So what are we going to replace it with? Since we're based on sales tax, just a business, even some of the businesses I was talking about, doesn't do it. But we'll get the right mix that we're in a position where we can continue to work. There's another reason that I want to make sure Scottsdale is in the right position to deal with what we've got right now, because some of those things are going away permanently. You mentioned construction. Scottsdale's probably less dependent on construction as some communities, West Side particularly, but other built, unbuilt out cities. But it's still not going to be there to the extent that it was for a while. And we've got quite an inventory of housing and commercial. So bring business back in, grow that economic base on the overall, fill, take up the inventory of residences, hopefully by the employees in those businesses, and then continue to have the attraction of Scottsdale for tourism. Are you, uh, are you enjoying the job? Yeah, I am. It, it, it does have its moments, but uh, I, on the overall, I am. You know, I, I got to say, just, just on a basic deal, there's one thing I was just talking to this group that I mentioned a little earlier. They're called the Wise Guys, and it happens to be a very, very profoundly intellectual group. It really, truly is. They, they spell guys, it was G-U-I-S-E, uh, I think it is. But in any case, uh, they... Um, um, under the guise of, but um, th- we're talking about control of government and government control. And uh, I quoted uh, one of our forefathers, uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson, in that the, the, uh, the, the total art of government consists of the art of being honest. I found, you know, I read the, the first time I read that, I thought, wow, that's, that's a pretty heavy deal. When you talk about government, because of all the mistrust we have in government, and mistrust, frankly, across the board, almost, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, our scientists and false science or whether it's, you know, government programs or whether it's capitalism and, you know, greedy uh, capitalists or otherwise, the distrust level is tough. And uh, when you think about our republic being somewhat dependent upon a truly honest uh, in every way, trustworthy if we're losing that are we not losing it um the government on our, you know our form of republic on the overall that's a great concern to me and one of the things i really want to instill in scottsdale is to bring trust in government back that i think is paramount and bring trust back in some politicians anyway too but back in government because uh, as we lose it step by step whether it's the executive branch legislative branch and god help us if we lose trust in our judicial branch you know so those are those are the important factors on the overall <laughs> those are my my overall concern would be in that arena mayor jim lane thank you very much for uh, joining us today it's been an absolute pleasure oh my pleasure as well and thank you very much it's great to be here and to our listeners, thank you for uh, joining us for In Discussion today. We uh, appreciate you listening to this uh, uh, this uh, um, program today with, uh, with Mayor Jim Lane of Scottsdale. If you have any questions or feedback, you can always visit our 
website at www.davidgibbons.org. Meanwhile, wherever you are in this world, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in Discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management